Amen. John 10, guys. This is the first message of a seven-part series on frequency. Or hearing God. Hearing God. You know, this series is going to deal with most, uh, one of the most important questions that we all have as Christians. And it can be written in three different ways, this question. This question can be written in three different ways there. Does God still speak? You know, can you imagine there are thousands of Christians that question whether God still speaks today? That question may look a, a little different and it may... It may sound like this, how can I hear from God? How can I hear from God? Does God speak? How can I hear from God? And here's, here's, a, here's a good one, personal. Is God speaking to me? Is God speaking to me? And as a pastor over the years, Pastor Sheila and I have heard this question many times. I'm, I'm facing this big decision. Um... You know, I have a possibility, the possibility of a new job. You think about this. How, how are we going to handle this? A, a believer handles it in one way and a non-believer handles it in another way. A non-believer says, okay, let's look at all the pluses and the minuses of this job and makes a list, pluses, minuses, and then makes a logical decision based on the list of plus and minuses, a believer in Christ, a follower of Christ, should handle it in a totally different way. Totally by, okay, let's make the list, the plus and minuses, but now we're going to pray. We're going to pray not just to give it to God, but to expect to hear from God. Does God speak today? Yes. Does God want to speak to you today? Yes. Is God able to speak to you today? Yes. And so then we, then we have to fast forward to the question, how can we hear from God? How can we better hear from God? We need to ask that question. I was amazed at you know, some of the theology, the, especially cessationism, where the, you know, Crowds of people believe that God quit speaking after the Bible was written. You know, I, I, I didn't go to theological seminary and learn that, so I was spared from that thinking. But there are people that have been indoctrinated, that have studied the Word of God, and that actually believe that once the Bible was canonized and written from Genesis to Revelation, that that was God speaking, and in order... To know God, we have to go to his written word, but then God doesn't speak to us personally anymore. And that, uh, that goes against some of the points on the message today. I mean, just realistically. Uh, John 10, are you right there in John 10? Yes. This, is, this is some good scripture to talk about God talking to us. I really want you to connect with the voice of the Holy Spirit this morning as we read His Word. You know, every time, that, every time that you present yourself before God, 
I, I read this article, and this, this was interesting. This is kind of a side note. But every, every time you present yourself before the written Word of God, which the Bible calls itself the living Word of God. God's Word is alive and active and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword. It pierces and divides between your soul and your spirit. It is the most powerful thing that has been made available to us by God. But every time we present ourselves before the Word of God, we're coming in contact with the Spirit of God because it takes the Spirit of God to interpret the Word of God to our hearts. And so it's not only good to let your eyes fall on it, but it's also good to speak it. Because you hear yourself, it, there's, some, there's a connection there with your voice and your heart, your mind and your soul working together to digest the importance and understanding of God's Word. It's so important. I don't think we understand that. Do you know that there are, there are denominations that practice that recitation where they all stand? Let's stand in, the honor of, in honor of the Word of God for the reading of the Word of God, and they go through the whole process. Now, you may think that that's liturgical and there's, you know, that's religious, and it can be. But there's some power in it, too. We're all reading the same thing at the same time, and we're hearing it with our ears, and it goes down into our heart. You think that that's, you know... Listen, there's meaning in what we do. And if you've never read the Word and quoted the Word at the same time you've read it, try it. God wants to speak to us. Look at this, John 10. I know it's kind of hard because everybody has a different version. So if I say, ready, read, we all read something different. <laughs> and more versions and more versions and more versions. Somebody might be reading from now until noon. It says, verily, very truly, I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way, is a thief and a robber. The one who enters... By the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. Underline, listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought them out, all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. So in verse 3 it says they recognize his voice. In verse 4 it says they know his voice. They know his voice. So I was reading after sheep. And uh, I was reading about sheep after someone who has studied sheep and studied the Bible and studied the ancient culture and uh, particularly the days that the Bible was written in. And I found an interesting story about a lady who has a Ph.D. in archaeology and travels over to Jerusalem. She was in Bethlehem, and she was on one of her visits. And she's out just visiting and watching, observing, you know, because when you're studying things, you, you have to see what's going on with your eyes and understand what's happening. And she saw three uh, shepherds with their flocks. And, you know, it's different over in the Eastern world than it is here. We keep our sheep in boundaries. And they stay within the boundaries, the fences, 
and we make sure that they have enough grass to eat and everything over in the eastern countries, over in the, the Middle East, right, Bethlehem and that area, the soil is very arid. And so you have to take your sheep, if you're a shepherd, you have to take them to green pastures like Psalm 23 talks about. You know, my, he's a good shepherd. He leads me into green pastures. And so she encountered these three shepherds, and they came together. They were calling for one another, and so their flocks were following each of them, and they came together to talk, just to greet, say, hey, how are you doing? You know, like, you know, any workers do or any guys that know one another, they come together. But she said that she saw when they came together, all of their flocks commingled while these three shepherds were talking. And so she just watched, and as they finished their discussion and their greeting and they split up, each of the shepherds called their own sheep, however they did it. Hey, sheepy. I don't know. I don't know how they do it. I wish I should have studied on how to do that. But as they did, guess what? All three flocks split from that big group and followed their own shepherd. And so Jesus knew what he was talking about when he used the illustration. We're sheep and he's the shepherd. Right? It's a good time now to turn to the person next to you and say, I'm glad you wore some deodorant today. <laughs> We're sheep. I'm a sheep. You're a sheep. We're all a sheep. And I think it's interesting that Jesus used that illustration. We, we, if you think about sheep and you study sheep during this week, you'll find that sheep need their shepherd for protection. And, you know, uh, I think it was Leighton that said, we, we can do nothing without him. Listen, sheep can't do anything without their shepherd. Their shepherd protects them. Their shepherd protects the sheep and leads them to places to drink and, and eat. Think of Psalm 23. But the sheep have to follow the shepherd because I've never seen a shepherd with a leash on every sheep pulling their sheep along, Right? And they follow his voice. Found this out about sheep, that their hearing is a lot better than their seeing. But their eyes can almost see 360. But their hearing is still better than their seeing. And so this scripture is true, that they will not go with a stranger. They listen to the voice of their shepherd. And so during this series, we're, we're going to really dig into how to hear the voice of God. And it's leading into August 6th through the 26th where we're going to experience 21 days of prayer and fasting. Now, what that, uh, what that may look like to you may be different than what it looks like to your neighbor. If the Lord asks you to fast uh, sugar, then fast sugar. If it's caffeine, if it's food, if it's uh, social media or whatever... The reason that we fast is to quiet ourselves down so that we can spend the extra time in the presence of the Lord so we can hear His voice, right? It is not some exercise to try to manipulate God to give you something that you need. God is not in the business of being, being manipulated by our fast. Our fasting and our sacrifice does not impress God, okay? When we give up something... In this life, it's so that we can focus more intently on the Lord and our relationship with Him. With him. 
So learning how to hear his voice. But point one is, you know, there's three interesting things about the ability to hear God. The first thing is that we're born to hear. We're born. God created us with a hardwired hearing. He hardwired us to hear his voice. He created us in his image. God created you in his image. Genesis 1, 26 and 1, uh, verse 26 and 27, it says, Then God said, Let us make mankind or human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock and all the wild animals on the earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. So God created you in his own image. Why did he create you in his own image? Because he wanted to communicate with you. He gave you the ability to hear because he knew that he would speak to you. He gave you the ability to speak because he wanted to hear your voice. God did not want someone else to boss but to fellowship with. God did not want somebody else to boss around. He wanted somebody else to fellowship with. That's why he created man. That's why he created us. He doesn't want to boss you around. People have, have for years given the wrong impression of God that he was in your life to tell you what to do. No, he's in your life so that you can ask him what's best to do with your life. He's not going to force his will upon you. He is not a dominating tyrant, tyrant that is looking to bind you. He's a loving father that's looking to encourage you, strengthen you, teach you, and then release you to fulfill his plan for your life, right? And we have to learn how to listen. Now, we're born to hear, and we're hardwired. But notice in this verse that we're different than the animals. We're given dominion over the animals. It's not the other way around. Contrary to Jurassic Park, <laughs> right? I, wa I can't watch that movie too much. I, I, I get scared of animals, and I'm like, <laughs> no, but it's very clear that we're to have dominion over animals. And, uh, at, you know, when I was thinking about God's ability and man to communicate with him, God didn't give the ability to the animals to communicate with man or himself. Animals are not on the same level as man. Now, there's a lot of people that, because they don't know God, they begin to worship animals. That's nothing new, guys. Worshiping of animals happened way, way, since, you know, thousands of years ago. But uh, as an animal lover... Um, we have two dogs, and I'm going to tell you a story now. Um, communicating with these dogs has, has become fun with my wife and I. Now, we understand that they're dogs, but we talk to them like they're our children, right? And if you have an animal, maybe you're as kind to them as, uh, as most of us are, and we try to 
make them into a person. Nothing wrong with that as long as you don't believe that they're higher than you, right? Everything in perspective. And it's one thing to talk to your dogs and uh, act like they're talking back to you. Oh, is that right? See, you can do an experiment. Dogs, dogs can't communicate back to you. Now, you can say to your dog, you know, Oh, you're such a bad dog. And their tail's going to wag, 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 wag. They don't know that you're calling them a bad dog. It's all in the tone of your voice, right? Or you can scold them by saying, You sweet dog. You're just calling them sweet dog, but in, a wrong, in the wrong tone. But in our house... We not only talk to our dogs, but then if we're both around and both the dogs are around, I'm answering for my wife's dog and she's answering for my dog. Oh, he's saying this to you, honey. Oh, <laughs> she's saying that to you. And then the dogs talk to each other. Like, we... we <laughs> no matter how much we think that dogs communicate either with each other or with God, no. God made man in his image in order to communicate with God. And that's what makes us different than the animals, right? That's what makes us different. The second point is we have to learn how to hear. We have to learn. Now, we're born with the ability to hear, but then we have to learn how to hear. Think about children. And children are born with the ability to communicate, but then they have to learn. And before they can talk, listen, they are soaking up every bit of information that, 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 that you're transmitting to them. They are understanding words that they can't even speak yet. But when it starts coming, then it's all over. Because then they come out with words that you never even thought that you said. That they don't understand what they mean. Samuel. 1 Samuel 3.9. Or is it, is it 2 Samuel 3, 9? 1 Samuel 3, 9. I just have Samuel 3, 9. You remember the story about Samuel being ta taken by his mother to the prophet Eli. And Eli takes him in. And uh, he's sleeping. Young Samuel's sleeping. And in the middle of the night, Sam, uh, Eli, Samuel wakes up hearing his voice, Samuel, Samuel. And he wakes up and he thinks that Eli is calling him. He doesn't recognize the voice of God. So he gets out of bed and runs down to Eli and said, yes, master, what, what, what is it? Eli said, I didn't call you. Go back to sleep. Samuel goes back to sleep. Second time it happens. Samuel, Samuel. Samuel wakes up in the middle of the night, goes running back to Eli. What is it, master? What, what, what do you want me to do? Eli says, no, son, I didn't call you. Go lay back down. And this time, if you hear your name, say, yes, Lord. It's your servant. What, what can I do for you? So see, Eli finally gets it, that the Lord's dealing with Samuel. And so the third time, Samuel, hear, Samuel hears his name, Samuel, Samuel. He says, yes, Lord. It's your servant. What, what, what can I do for you? I'm here to serve you. And so Samuel learns the ability, learns to use the ability to discern the voice of God. And we have to learn as children, learn 
And even though we're born with ears to hear, we need to learn to listen. Just because we have ears doesn't mean that we hear the voice of God. We have to remember that the disciples that walk with Jesus day after day for nearly three years, they came to a place in their walk, in their life, where they asked Jesus. In Luke 11, verse 1, it says, One day Jesus was praying in a certain place, and he finished, and one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. I find it interesting that they saw him pray, and then they asked him how to pray. So as disciples of Jesus, followers of Christ, we need to constantly remember that there's still a lot more to learn about prayer, about communication with God. Prayer is not just one way. It's two ways. And so we have to learn how to hear as much as we know how to speak. If the disciples asked Jesus to teach them to pray, then we need to learn. We need to learn. And we need to recognize that there's growth that we can do in hearing God. Hearing is the second half to communicating with God. It's the second half. Again, communication with God is not all telling Him, but it's hearing what He has to say. And if we couldn't hear God, then why would we pray? Right? If God never intended prayer to be hearing his voice, then why would he say, ask me? He wants to hear our voice. Do you know a shepherd can tell the voices of their sheep and what's, and what's wrong with their sheep? The shepherd hears the voice of the sheep. Now, they say that sheep go, goats go, so I don't know. But I guess if you you got goats and sheep, remember that so you can kind of separate, right? But the shepherd hears the voice. He turns his head. He sees what sheep it is. And then by the voice of the sheep, he recognizes what's wrong, if anything's wrong. So the shepherd, it's a two-way thing. It's communication, guys. It's communication. God wants our communication to be between the father and his children. Think about that. Josh, what if your child came, you know, what if Fletcher came into your home office there, you have an office in your home and he kept that, you're working, daddy, 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 and he just, all he wanted to do is get your attention to drop off this to-do list. I need this, I need this, I need this. Daddy, can you do this? Daddy, can you clean my room? Daddy, can you cut the grass? Daddy, can, and all, the only time you saw Fletcher was when he just came into your office and said, here, I got to go play now, daddy. You know, a lot of us, that's, That's our prayer life. We wake up in the morning, spend five minutes with Daddy, our Heavenly Father, telling Him what we need from Him, dropping off the to-do list, and then 
heading out again. But God wants fellowship. That's why he created us, to communicate with him, to hear his voice. There's sometimes where we just need to come and sit. Sit and listen. Because it's easy for us to talk. It's like somebody calling us up on the phone and talking for five minutes and then hanging up before you ever get a chance to say anything. Children learn how to communicate. That's why, parents, you need to, when they're really young, interrupt them and say, it's not the right time to talk. You know, in the past, it it was so drastic. They would say things like, children are to be seen and not heard, right? Today, it's swung way over to the other side where children are allowed to interrupt anybody at any time for any reason. Guys, we have to establish some some balance here. Parents, you need to explain to your child, listen, what you have to say is important. Just one moment, please, while I'm talking, right? Children have to be taught how to communicate. And that's the point, guys. God wants to teach us how to communicate, how to hear, but also how to speak. How to speak. You know, before children are taught how to speak, they say things that you're not supposed to say. A lot of the times, you know, kids can just, kids can just come out with like, yeah, you're so fat. <laughs> like, <laughs> our grandma, you're so old. How old are you? Right? Just things that you're not supposed to say at, the, at the, all the wrong times. So I have a funny story that our, our daughter, you know, she, when she was small, must have been 20, 24 years ago or so, we're taking her in the supermarket or whatever, and so they're playing music. It was one store. I can't remember what one store. And she's asking because we didn't listen to real heavy metal rock music and she heard it for the very first time she's like what is that what is that what is that and so to keep her quiet i just said that's just devil music it's just devil music (laughs) not thinking fast forward a few months later she hears the same music and she says daddy that's devil music and everybody's standing around and i'm like oh it's not that it's all Unchristian music is devil music. Guys, you, know, you understand what I'm talking about. So we have to teach our children how to communicate, how to be quiet, when to talk, and what to say, right? And God wants us to learn how to hear. And then the third point here is we grow in our hearing. We grow. We have to grow in our ability to hear God, to mature. We, we, we mature in our relationship with God. You know, Paul says, when I was a child, I thought as a child, I understood as a child, I spoke as a child, but now there's a point where I grew up, so I put away the childish things. I put away childish things. In our relationship with God, we continue to develop the depth of fellowship with God. In our relationship, we continue to develop the depth of fellowship with God. So as I was growing up, I I naturally came by this love to talk. And I would talk 
and I would end up in the wrong place at the wrong time, running my mouth, and miss, I remember the day, not the day, but around the time that I understood that it was important, more important to listen to my grandparents than it was to talk because they had so much more to say and so much more experience. I had to mature in order to stop saying what I wanted to say because it's not all about me. Life is not all about me. And as we grow and mature, we realize that it's not so much important all the time to say what we want to say, but to open our ears and grow in our hearing so that we can hear God. There's three immature, immature mindsets in our hearing God, or in hearing God. The first immature mindset is a message a minute. A message a minute. You've met these people that hear God every minute. Well, you know, they get so excited. And, and it's really zeal. Zeal to hear the Lord. But they understand that they can hear God. And then they begin to hear God. And the next thing you know, they stand in front of their closet saying, Lord, what clothes do I wear today? Expecting God to speak to God, is it time for me to go brush my teeth now? And they sit down at the restaurant and, Lord, should I use salt or no salt today? They're just expecting God to speak to them minute by minute by minute. Everything is God said. God said, God said this, and he said that, and he said this. And... But what parent here in this room today wants to have to tell your children everything that they should do even when they're in their 40s? Right? You don't. You don't. Neither does God. God doesn't want to have to tell you what to do every minute of the day. He created us to grow in our hearing. The, the second immature mindset is point and hope. Point and hope. And you guys can relate to this. We want to hear God so much that we're in our quiet time with God and we've, we're desperate for an answer. We've got to have an answer, Lord. And so I'm just going to do this and close my eyes and point and there it is, you know. Judas hung himself, <laughs> right? So, Lord, what, what would you have me to do? Judas hung himself. It's an immature way, guys. We know that God speaks through his word. But to be presumptuous that he's going to... You close your eyes and point. And I heard of one guy who was failing in his business... And he went to the Lord in prayer, pulled open his Bible, shut his eyes, put his finger down, and his finger landed on chapter 13. And that's not what he wanted to hear from God. And I don't believe God was speaking that to him. So, don't point and hope. The third, the third immature, immature way that sometimes we think we're hearing from God is... It is what it is. It is what it is. That's another way of saying que sera, sera. And there's a couple of older folks in here old enough to remember Doris Day's rendition of que sera, sera, right? It means whatever will be, will be. 
The future's not ours to see. And whatever happens is God's will. And so I am sure that God has an answer in the circumstance. But listen, you cannot determine the will of God, what God wants you to do, by the circumstances. There is no security in following the circumstances. Well, if it rains tomorrow, then I'll know that God wants me to take the job that I had an interview for yesterday. Or if the sun goes down and there's no clouds in the sky, then I know that that means that he wants me to buy the house that we've been looking at for two months. No, no. It, it, it doesn't work like that, guys. And, it, it, you know, this scripture, that, this catch-all scripture that all things work together for those that are called and, and love him and all things work together for good. And, and God is in everything because he purposely does all of this stuff. That is not the way to hear from God. That is not, you have to grow up and understand that God gave us a choice and that sometimes we make bad choices. And if we made a bad choice, we definitely need to hear from God on how to correct things. There is no bad choice that you've ever made that God can't show you the right way to make it right. To make it right. To make it right. His mercy and His grace are all already out there in front of you. They're way out there in front of you. So we just need to grow up in our ability to hear from God and realize that uh, sometimes it just takes time in prayer. And you're not going to get an answer by this coming Friday at 5 o'clock. Right? If it's a lifelong decision that you're making, if you're choosing your mate for the rest of your life, you know, you may need to pray about that for a while. Consider if it's a job change, career change, something, something's happening in your life. If, if you're going, quote, under the knife, if there's a surgery coming up in your, in your future, don't just go with what's in your head. Or what, what the doctors say. They, they have limited knowledge. We have to go to our Heavenly Father and find out what He wants for our life. So during this series, I'm going to encourage you to, to hang out with God. Spend time with God. Fellowship with God. Re- remember, it's not that we go to Him and drop off this to-do list. Or, or we just dump everything on Him. And then not listen to Him. While we're in His presence, we should spend time listening to Him. Worshiping Him. Getting in His Word. Allowing Him to speak to you. There's sometimes where I've, I've come before the Lord desperate for an answer for something. And I didn't hear anything. But it didn't shake me up. I didn't walk out of that place of prayer thinking, Oh. Maybe I've done something wrong, or maybe God is mad at me, or maybe God doesn't speak anymore. No, 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 no. There's times where God wants to know that you're still. Look at Psalm 46, 10. This is the last scripture. Psalm 46, 10 says what, guys? Be still and know that I'm God. We've got to get our eyes off the circumstances, get our, get our eyes on God, and allow Him to 
overwhelm us with his peace. And in that peace, as we calm our flesh down, our mind down, and our emotions down, we'll begin to hear his voice. We'll begin to hear his voice. Every time that we come before the Lord in his word, we bring his word and we set our hearts to to study his word, the Lord wants to speak something to us. It may just be one word, one sentence, one phrase, I love you. That's huge to hear God say, I love you. I tell the story about... um, when we were in Italy for eight years and very intent on learning the Italian language. And I knew God spoke Italian. I knew. There was a time in my life where I was down in Central America and I heard God speak in Spanish. So I figure if God speaks in Spanish and he speaks in English, maybe he's got to speak in Italian, right? So I'm just praying and minding my own business. I was not asking, I wasn't asking the Lord to speak to me at all. I was just praying. I was just worshiping. And I was just, oh, thank you, Lord. Just praying, just worshiping him, just for who he is, not asking him for anything. And all of a sudden I heard in my heart, not audibly, but in my heart, I heard the Lord say, Ti voglio bene. And I had just learned what that meant. It's not te amo. It's not te amo. That's formal. I love you, right? Te voglio bene is is more intimate. It's more friend. You know, God wants to be our friend. He is our father. But he wants us to have those tender moments with him where he can speak to us and tell us, hey, I love you. I love you. I love you. I I I know who you are. I know the mess that you make, but I still love you, right? Yeah. Don't, don't you do that with your, chi- with your kids? They're all messy and everything. You just say, listen, don't worry about it. I love you. I love you. We'll clean this thing up. So I want to tell you today, listen, no matter what you're dealing with, where you've been, where you're going to, your Heavenly Father loves you, and He wants to speak to you. He wants... He he wants you to hear his voice and and learn how to recognize his voice. Learn how to recognize his voice. Let's pray. Father, thank you.